BizCast Greater Lacrosse. I'm your host, Vicki Markison. This is brought to you by Business News Greater Lacrosse. We bring you news out of the business community. And joining me today is Jay Odegaard. And I got a chuckle as I said, Is your title still Director of Parks and Recreation? And he said, And Forest and Grounds, Forestry and Grounds, and the Lacrosse Center. So it's just going to keep getting added on to. And our informal conversation initially was, You've taken a lot on and it keeps going, but all good things. So I, I had the pleasure of listening to Jay update the Explore Lacrosse board. And I said, I need to get you on this podcast because there is a lot going through your department that I think most people don't even realize. So we broke it into categories. That's how much you have to talk about. So we were going to talk first about water and all under your realm was dealing with a lot of the cleanup from flooding do you want to talk about what particularly because this is coming out of the business community what was impacted economically by the flooding well the the flood here this year like many years creates a lot of concern for those recreational type businesses that are along the river i mean they've they benefit greatly when the river's at good levels and you know, when the river rises like this, Pettibone Campground, Pettibone Boat Club, um, obviously they're not getting the boat traffic, but they're also not able to get the vehicle traffic. Uh, we work with Pettibone Campground to move their campers out of the campground and, and got them in some dry areas. But one of the projects that we completed last year was the road that went by Pettibone Beach to the uh, boat club and we raised that two feet. And so that has made a tremendous difference Mm -hmm. for the, you know, their ability to stay open longer. They were forced to shut down this year, but you know, here in Wisconsin was such a short boating season um, when you're shut down for a month that that really has an impact. So uh, we do our best to get things open back up as fast as possible. Um, you know, really, we just see a lot of the debris and a lot of roads washed out in our lower lying parks like Pettibone or Copeland Park and, you know, just trying to get it back up and running as soon as possible. And then this also creates a mad dash for all of the docks, if you will, where the slips of getting the boats in as we head into that boating season. And you have a few new transient docks. So the one on the Mississippi was new last year, correct? That's right in front of the waterfront. Was that the first year or second year? I can yes. try to remember. This is this will be our third year with that transient dock. It's been very successful for uh, the downtown area. Um, and now we have added one up at Copeland Park adjacent to uh, Logger Field. And we really hope that it that does the same thing kind of for that north side, whether it be a loggers game or, you know, a stopover to get chicken wings at Sports Nut or whatever it might be. But we found that those transient docks really kind of are, are a, a, a portal to that part of town for boaters and found that they've been very well recepted. 
Yes. So there aren't too many places where you can just pull a boat up that aren't privately owned. And so this is an opportunity for people to get off their boats, go find a bite to eat. So the area that we're talking about is that stretch where all the boathouses are, correct? Yeah, just slightly to the south of that. It it literally is right across the, the road there from... Copeland Park, you know, and the and the ball field. So, and it will be on the logger side, I assume. Yep, correct. Where that riprap is, the rocks, and where the boat uh, is that Julia Bell Swain that was parked there for a while. Yep. that's the area yep. that we're talking about right there. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be a great addition for the north side. And and you were saying before this too that there's some really inform- interesting information about who's using our. Boat docks, the ramps, getting boats in and out that is gathered through the parking information That because now they have to pay to park their vehicle while they are out on their boat. Can you share some of that information? Yeah. One thing that we found, and, and this really peaked after the 2015 Bassmasters Championship that was brought into lacrosse here, is just the number of uh, boaters that are coming from far outside the area. I think last year we had 38 states represented and, you know, people that had come here. Um, you know, we live on one of the the country's largest fisheries and best fisheries, and we maybe sometimes take it for granted, but you just see in the, the number of individuals, especially coming regionally from the Illinois and Iowa um, really just wanting to come here and get on, you know, this, this great fishery and enjoy it. And not, and not just fishermen too, you know, we're, we're talking about just outdoor recreation enthusiasts and that's boating to kayaking to canoeing. So to bird watching to the Eagle watch. Yeah. We, Take it for granted. I agree completely, which is also why we attract the big boats. And we have uh, how many cruise lines come now and dock in lacrosse? So we currently have three um, Viking cruise lines has been added now. We are just finishing up. Uh, the expansion of our levy, which will allow us to be one of the very few ports on the Mississippi that can handle all three companies at the same time. Um, That's crucial because waterway travel is very unpredictable. Um, Oftentimes we have sets of dates when they could possibly show up. One of the other interesting notes of that is last year we actually had Viking had some some mechanical issues and and we're spending a night here along the levee and it happened to be the same night as one of our moon tunes festivals and the the staff and the clients of viking enjoyed the concert so much that we actually have multiple overnight stays by viking um and and coming up here and we are one of the only ports on the mississippi where Overnight stays are scheduled for Vikings, so that's pretty pretty exciting as well. That's very exciting. I know from sitting on the tourism board that people that stay overnight spend significantly more dollars in our community. So that is significant, having three boats and that exposure, and I know a lot of times they want to come back to the area. So it is that was a big investment in the levy. I know that. <clears throat> that doesn't happen just in any community, but we're seeing it pay off through those boats coming into town and now choosing to stay overnight as opposed to staying on the boat, which is great. So that's a good transition to let's uh, stay with the water theme, if you will. And let's talk about 
the fishing tournaments that come to town. I think a lot of people see the boats. They may not know what's going on. They may see that, is it veterans, the ramp right there by the, uh, that that gets filled up. Are they still doing their like weigh-ins and whatnot there? Yep. Yeah. So talk about the fishing tournaments and the impact they have. Well, the fishing tournaments, you know, it really started back in about 2015 with that first initial Bassmasters, which is like the Super Bowl of professional fishing. Um, And now it's really expanded out to not only professional bass tournaments, but also walleye and some even catfish tournaments. Um, We see all the way from, you know, what we kind of refer to as the pros down to the National High School Fishing Tournament Championship. And, you know, we have have that coming up here June 19th through the 24th. So we see that these tournaments not only show the the participants and the anglers the benefits of coming here to the Cooley region but mm-hmm. you know all the media and marketing it, it's kind of like you know growing up I used to love Larry Bird and if I could have had the opportunity to go play on the Boston Garden you know court I would go do that so what, what we're seeing I think is a lot of these fishermen that want to say hey I went and fished where the champs fish um and then I'm a firm believer people come here and then they get to see the downtown and the nightlife and then the bluffs and, you know, we're, we just have such an amazing community to draw tourism. And what's the role of the city in that? Well, I think, you know, the city's role is to always benefit its community members and specifically in the in the departments that I oversee we have focused our resources towards tourism and not only bringing people into the community um, but but offering great playgrounds and parks for our community members and you know we're so fortunate here with 47 public parks and that doesn't include the hundreds and hundreds of acres of bluffland and marsh property Um, but at the end of the day that all costs money and that is something that you know we as municipal employees and staff have to figure out um, not only what is best, but then how do you pay for it? And so our, our focus has really been on capturing the user groups and, and having them pay. So we love it when somebody comes from out of town to hike or, you know, to, to use our boat landings and go out on the river. Um, but there is a fee associated with that. And what that has been able to allow us is to not go into, you know, the general operating fund that the tax dollars go to. Um, so it's it's really a win-win because while there are fees associated, it also just tremendously raises the experience in the facilities we offer. I always talk about our economy as this barrel. So you need the money coming from the outside into our barrel and it swirls around the, the barrel. Particularly, it's amazing if it stays in these local companies because they hire local accountants and and cleaning companies. And so those dollars just stay in the community. If we didn't have those dollars coming in inevitably everything leaks out at some point, right? Whether you're paying taxes, whether you're paying an out-of-town company for services. And so if we didn't have those dollars coming in, it wouldn't make our barrel, our community, 
as vibrant, but it's a challenge, right? Because taxpayers see their dollars being spent in a particular way to attract outside people. And so how do you, this is a tougher question, how do you ensure that the taxpayers understand that relationship, that what's good for the city that helps our businesses is good for a local homeowner? Well, I think, you know, that's a great question. And and in all reality, I don't necessarily know if that's something we do a good job at. And I think largely in part is because this is a step in a different direction from what was traditional, um, what the role of a, a, you know, a traditional city um, department did. But, you know, again, I one of the things I always focus on is no matter what you do, you need to evolve with, you know, the evolving society, you know, what are the needs? COVID showed us that, you know, mm-hmm. um, well, we had certain facilities shut down. We had other um, recreational amenities like Forest Hills Golf Course that, you know, had some of its best years on record. Um, our trails, you know, amazing. And, you know, so that just shows that, you know, that constant involvement. And and I think we will do a better job educating the public on that. Um, But a lot of that is to just answering the questions as often as we can and getting out there and talking to people. And a lot of times that critical conversation is when these ideas get proposed, right? So I don't want to miss, we'll circle back to that, but I don't want to miss that we have a World War II boat coming. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So um, August 29th through September 4th, uh, down at Riverside Park Levy, uh, there will be the LST-325 World War II ship. And that is a traveling museum, so to speak. Um, it, it draws a tremendous number of people. This will be its first uh, port since COVID. And uh, the last one prior to COVID had over 30,000 people visit it. So again, you know, these are the types of attractions that not only are a benefit to the community itself, but um, also draw in the, the tourism dollars. And, you know, a lot of this gets talked about over, you know, Oktoberfest or Riverfest and, and these festivals that do create a significant can expense to the city um, and how does that affect the taxpayers but you know what we see is the taxpayers are the ones that are benefiting from that dollar being spent in the community whether it be directly to them or their employer or whether it's you know the those businesses hiring that their business for something. I mean, it, like you said, it kind of stays in the barrel and that's what we need to try to do is just continue to push that to the barrel, so to speak. And, and the more of that, that we can do, the better it serves everybody with the amenities we're able to afford, um, not putting that pressure on the taxpayer. And the other side of that, too, is those amenities, they increase our quality of life, right? So lacrosse is a fun place that people love to live in as well as visit, but uh, but the array of businesses is much greater because 
of tourism, right? So if we were just relying on our people here, we wouldn't have this wide variety of things to do. We wouldn't have as many restaurants. And um, so they help enhance our quality of life. You've been listening to Jay Odegaard with the City Park and Rec, Forestry, Grounds, Lacrosse Center. We covered a lot. Uh, you've been listening to him on BizCast Greater Lacrosse. I'm your host, Vicki Markison. Catch us wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you.